we've never met before, my name's Ed, and with my wife Jess, uh, we pastor this church and we love it. And particularly if you're new here, uh, this is your first time, you're so welcome, and uh, it's just really lovely to, to have you with us this morning. Um, it's the beginning of a new year, so happy new year. And I do this thing at new year, perhaps you do the same, I know a lot of people do this, where um, on the, the 1st of January comes around and I begin to start thinking about what I want from the year ahead. I begin starting to think about the things that I'm hoping to do or see or, or change and I start to plan kind of quite drastic life changes. You know, I start to think, well, maybe I want to change my fitness. Maybe I want to change my diet. Maybe I want to change something. What do I want to become in the year ahead? And, and every year for the last few years, I've planned um, a, a dramatic change in my life each year. I try and, you know, like come up with, you, you might call it a resolution, but I never really have, um, a, a dramatic change, something that I'm going to do in the year ahead. 2018 was the year of the six pack. And as you, don't laugh, because people on the podcast think I actually have one. But um, as you can see, that worked out really well for me. Uh, 2019 was the year of learning a foreign language, but um, ich spreche kein Deutsch. Um, I don't speak German um, in German, and I never really got anywhere with that. 2020 was going to be the year that I finally cut back on my screen time. You know, I was going to like spend less time in front of a computer screen and more time in the real world. And then the COVID pandemic hit, and I spent most of my life on Zoom. So that kind of went wrong too. And let's be honest, 2021 was such a year of ups and downs. It was just a bit of a write-off. Now those New Year's resolutions, the things that we set out to, to do and achieve, um, a YouGov poll recently told us that um, although fewer and fewer people every year set one, um, more and more of us are longing to see something in our lives change in the year ahead. More and more of us are looking at the year ahead and thinking of something that we want to accomplish, something that we want to break free from, something that we want to develop, a new habit or a pattern for our our bodies. But the problem is, let's be honest, that these grand plans, they fall apart really quickly. Um, They kind of crumble away. And that's partly because we see the finish line and not the distance in front of us. We focus on the people we want to be at the end of the process rather than the process itself and how we're going to get there. And so no wonder so few people have given up on their resolutions within five days of the 1st of January. The big question that I think we need to ask ourselves in 2022 is this. Who are we becoming? Who are we becoming? What kind of people are we going to be? Where are we growing and changing and developing? Where, where do our lives look and sound and feel more like Jesus in the year ahead? And instead of committing ourselves to resolutions that we can't keep, that fall away within just a few days of us making them, we need to commit ourselves to a process, a process in which we allow God to shape and change our character in a way that honors him and demonstrates his glory to the world around us. And so um, we're going to start a new series today um, called Grit, How to Develop Your Character. Grit. Uh, I'm not talking about the stuff you find on the roads. Uh, Instead, we're going to look at the things in our lives over the next few weeks that we can cultivate that um, will build our character and enable us to be the people that God intended us to be. Grit isn't talent. 
It's not ability. It's not gift. It's not luck. It's not really intensely wanting something and trying to go after it. Grit is about having a purpose that we care about so much that it organizes and shapes and brings meaning and purpose to almost every other part of our life. And holding steadfast to that goal, that thing, when even when we fall down, even when we screw up, even when it goes wrong, even when the progress towards that thing is getting slow or, or halted. You know, there is no short-term solution to a long-term project. And you and I, we are not finished articles. And until the day we, leave, uh, we breathe our last breath, God is not finished with us yet. He's not finished with us yet. I love this simple description of what um, grit really means. There's a little acronym that's going to appear. Growth. Where are you changing? What's developing in your life? Then resilience. Like how do you cope when it all goes wrong, when things come at you that you didn't expect or anticipate? Initiative. Where are we seeing opportunities and taking them or moving in the direction of them? And then finally, tenacity. How good are we at persevering when we make mistakes or things get in the way? I think there's probably no better example of this grit, this character, this, this willful desire to pursue a long-term goal than a man in the Bible called David. You'll have noticed on the title slide, I put a picture of Michelangelo's David up there. Uh, turn with me, if you've got a Bible on you, to 1 Samuel 13. Um, we're going to read verse 14 together in a moment. And we're going to pick up a conversation between a man called Samuel and a man called Saul. And Saul is the first king of Israel, the first person set apart to be king over God's people. And it's fair to say that Saul's kingdom is not going well at all. Like, it's going badly. Um, he's pretty reluctant to start with, but now just a few years into his reign, things are beginning to fall apart. There are these constant wars going on with their enemies around them. Their cities are in crisis, and every time a crisis hits their nation, instead of turning to God, the people, they turn to idols, and they begin to make offerings and, and give their worship to idols. And as a result of these decisions and this leadership uh, struggle, Samuel pros- prophesies into Saul's life that God's going to replace him with a new king, a different king called David. And David would go on to become one of the most famous and celebrated leaders in the whole history of Israel. David started out life as a, a shepherd boy, but he became a songwriter. He wrote most of the Psalms that we read in the Bible. He was a leader. Most importantly of all, he had character. He had grit. And in verse 14 about David, it says this. But now your kingdom will not endure. That's Samuel speaking to Saul. The Lord has sought out a man, that's David, after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. This king, this person who hasn't even sat on the throne yet, David is described as a man after God's own heart. What an amazing description that is. Not because God somehow just picked him out at random. Or, 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 you know, like, oh, well, it's that one. I'll pick that one. That's the one who's after my own heart. But because David has pursued and sought the heart of God consistently over a period of life. Not because um, David's impressive or, or talented or has all the ability, but because God's called somebody after his own heart. 
And the contrast between these two kings couldn't be any greater. You've got Saul, who is impressive, who looks good, who probably smells good, who sounds good, who's the the king that everyone would want. And then you've got David, the shepherd boy, the, the weak and powerless one. And God says, this is the one. This is the one who's after my own heart. This is the one who has the character, the resilience, the grit to lead my people. He's not powerful, he's not impressive, but he is sold out for the glory of God. And if uh, we're going to see over the next few weeks, uh, what, what that looked like in David's life, where did that character come from? How was it formed in him? What experiences led him to be that kind of person that God could call that man after his own heart? But here are a couple of things that I want to start the series with that we can take from the life of David, that we can apply to our lives right now in 2022. And the first is this, build a hidden life, not a public profile. Build a hidden life, not a public profile. The predominant message of our culture is that you have to be uh, seen to be known, that you have to put yourself out there, that, that you might need to fake it until you make it uh, to be there. But, but our character isn't made up of the visible parts of our lives, but the invisible ones. Who we are when no one's watching the, the intimacy of our personal relationship with God. This is something that David has to, to learn really on in his life because he's a shepherd. He spends the majority of his life not with other people in a home community, but, but out on the hills looking after the sheep a huge amount of time on his own. And that's the place where his relationship with God develops and is built. That's the place, I think, where the Psalms, the depth of David's relationship is really found. And so if we want to develop our character, we need to build our hidden life, to build our hidden life. That's not as mystical or as impossible as as it sounds. It means just taking time regularly to spend with God and allow him to speak to us, to carve out a quieter, slower moment in our every day for him to speak to us. And if you're like me, and it feels like your children uh, feel every minute of your waking life with either they get up before you or you then put them to bed and you spend the rest of the time clearing up the toys that they spread around the house or the food that they spread around the house or preparing for the next day of activities with them it can feel really hard to squeeze that time in but I don't think it needs to be we can start to get creative with building our hidden life Reading the Bible every day is a great way to start that. I want to encourage you to think about using a resource like the Bible in one year. I know there's somebody in the room who completed the Bible in one year last year. I definitely didn't do that. I missed it. It's a resource from Alpha. You can get it on an app and you can get it on a podcast and you can have the Bible read to you every day and you can do an express version and a long version and all these different things. It's even available in paper. I know, radical stuff. The truth is it doesn't matter how we carve out that time to spend with God. What matters is that this time hidden with him isn't crowded out by the competing distractions of life. If we want to become people after God's own heart, we have to leave behind comparison. Leave behind comparison. What a great goal that would be for each of us in 2022 to stop comparing the invisible, the hidden parts of our life with the visible parts of someone else's. Let me tell you, no one's breakfast is as healthy as it looked on Instagram. Okay, no one's breakfast is that good. No one's life is as good as it looks on Facebook. And yet we find ourselves in this place of comparison. 
We have to learn this lesson that David has learned again and again and again, that our character matters more than our gifts. And more importantly, we've got to stop valuing other people by the visible gifts, talents, abilities, and things that they have and start valuing them for the people that God made them to be. The letter to the Colossian church describes it like this. Set your minds on the things above, not on earthly things. For you died and now your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you'll also appear with him in glory. Our hidden life is the foundation of our grit. It's the foundation of our character. Everything else about our relationship with God is built upon that. But the second thing I want us to think about applying in our lives right now at the beginning of 2022 is this. Live life like it's a marathon, not a sprint. Live life like it's a marathon, not a sprint. David's life, he doesn't go from shepherd to king in the blink of an eye overnight. This character, this grit, this personality in him wasn't born in a moment. It it took years and years and years to become the leader that God uh, had called him to be. And even when he gets there, he still faces loads of persecution and loads of challenges and loads of people who really hate him and want to take him out. We need to train ourselves to run the marathon and not to win the sprint. Some of you know my wife. She is the most frustratingly sporty person in the world. And she's a massive overachiever. So she's like really into her running. Um, If she's spoken, you've probably heard about it a few times because she loves to tell me about how she ran the London Virtual Marathon in October. And she ran past the church and we all cheered and it was amazing. And, you know, she was doing all this running and she was training every day. And um, it was you know, wonderful and exhausting to listen to at the same time. And in comparison, there's me. I'm not a natural runner. I think I'm built for comfort, not for speed. And um, the thing I've learned is that I cannot run on my own. Like, I just can't do it. I've tried a few times to get into running and I've gone for a run, but I I can't do it because I can't pace myself. I set off at um, the fastest possible speed that I could get. I get 500 meters in, and you'll find me sweating and panting, leaning on a lamppost, a bit like Matt was after uh, family worship this morning. What I need is, I need someone to run alongside me. I need a partner. I need someone to give me pace. And there's a guy who's here this morning. Where's Matt Giles? Uh, He's going to be embarrassed by this, but he's at the back. We run together on a Monday morning. And and the only reason I can run any distance at all is because we run together and he sets the pace. And more importantly, he reminds me that there's a cappuccino coming at the end of the run. Um, It's not possible to separate growth from endurance. And often that means pain. I love this quote by a guy called Craig Rochelle. He says, the difference between where you are and where God wants you to be is often equal to the pain you're willing to endure. Now, I'm not saying this morning that God wants us to experience pain or that you should go and seek out pain around you. But let's be honest with ourselves. Growth rarely happens without some experience of pain and suffering. It's the difficult moments, it's the challenging moments where we really grow into the character that God has called us to be. The writer of Romans, in Romans 5, describes it like this. He says, we also glory. That means celebrate uh, in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope 
does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. You know, whatever this year is going to throw at us, whatever restrictions, whatever lockdowns, whatever squeeze on our finances, uh, our bank balances, whatever challenges in our marriages, in our relationships, in our friendships, who are we becoming in 2022? When no one else is watching, what habits and patterns and disciplines will shape us in the year to come? Because I really believe that God is at work in us as a community and that we're becoming people after his own heart, producing a character that gives hope and shows his glory in the world around us. And as we pursue the character that God's called us to do, he will do amazing things in our midst. Amen. Guys, jump to your feet. I'd love us to pray together this morning. Again, with all the chaos and noise of the children accepted. Um, I'd love us to...